The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 147 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am back after all my contract demands were met. And I am now joined as always by my co-host, Zandrick Ellison out in LA. Zan, how are you today? Good. And we're glad to have you back. You know, we were debating internally whether it was just time to rebuild, you know, blow it up, bring in Tal Bogair full time, go with the youth movement Definitely rather better. than trying to contend. Um, and I guess we're trying to contend still. So you we're wanna, bringing you back, the vet. You want to get in on the ground floor with Tal because he's going to be much more expensive than me in a few years. Right yeah, now, we're sort know. of like we're a small market, so we kind of have to stay relevant. We're sort of, you know, we're in that um memphis sort of model right now we're just trying to plug along and hopefully people remember us now and then it's interesting this is funny we're going to talk about obviously the biggest news in the nba is jamal murray and we'll talk about that in a second but john hollinger wrote this article for the athletic about like seven guys on non-contending teams that are like really interesting to watch as the season moves forward and then the main guy is james wiseman because he's like well if wiseman's good then you can kind of just continue to invest in I thought you had a point there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying if he's good, James Wiseman is like you can you'll you'll throw stuff at the Warriors' core, and if he's bad, then you kind of can just rebuild. And it's interesting in in this partic- particular season where so much of the West and the East is just jam packed right in the middle. There are teams that are going to have to like make that choice about like what does this season mean. And I think the purpose of the show today is going to really be talking about just the entire Western conference. And, and did that, you know, it's a great point also with the play and how that changes the dynamic. We could talk about that towards the end of the show. Cause that's been a topic lately, right? but I think it has inf- influenced a lot of these sort of decisions of like, there aren't that many teams being like, let's just tank. There's only like, I think Orlando really. And Houston, I think Houston not is, even by choice, Oklahoma, Oklahoma city, Definitely yeah, they've is. started to like pile up the losses lately, but they had a lot of wins earlier in the season. Yeah, they're 20 and 34, but the top 11 teams in the Western Conference are all like New Orleans is 11th and they're 25 and 29. So it's not like New Orleans is far off from being a really good team. And I think that that's the part about the West that's a little different. The East, obviously, like the Bulls are, I think, in 10th and they're nine games under 500, maybe. So you don't have that depth, but that's typical of the East. So we want to talk about the West because Jamal Murray, you know, really bad news, tear, tears his ACL late in the game uh, Monday night, and it, it, it sucks, right? It's, it's, it's really tough because he had started to play a lot yeah. better, too. And, and the, you know, now that they have Aaron Gordon, he was, the team was sort of clicking, and you yeah. could make the argument that maybe they were a contender to win a few rounds. I, okay. I, don't, I, I think, you know, we'll get – We'll go deeper on this, but like I, I think there are people that think the full strength Nuggets were good enough to win the title if you could integrate Aaron Gordon right yeah. away to be able to. Well, and I mean, wings. we kind of joke about Jokic. I mean, his stats are like unbelievable. Like, as in, like you can't you watch you look at them, and you're like, this cannot be real. Yeah, he's, <laughs> like, I mean, how well he's shooting, how efficient he's been. Right. 
I mean, it's amazing. And he's it, probably going to win MVP. And I think this locks it in because yeah. he'll be like a one-man show. I can't imagine that he doesn't win now. Also, we've talked about this before, but like basketball reference MVP tracker is weird. Like Embiid, like not being in the top 10 is odd when we know that the Sixers are like when he plays, he's the most impactful guy in the NBA right now. But Jokic, he's got a chance to become, I think, only the fourth player to average 26, 11, and eight over a full full season. And the list is like Wilt Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, Robertson, and then, you know, that pesky Russell Westbrook who just piles up triple-double after triple-double. But Well, and also, like, the thing with Jokic is, at the risk of, like, blasphemy, basketball blasphemy, I thought he was a little overrated in this sense. Like, you know, as a scorer, I thought he was a little overrated because he wasn't a great shooter. He was one of those stretch bigs that's like a capable shooter, but not a good shooter. Hold but on, this can, year, I, can I qualify this for a second? You thought yeah. he was overrated as a scorer like like 36 hours ago until you saw that his, well, his like percentages are out of control. Like his true shooting is like 65%. Well, I mean, and can you blame me? Because look, career-wise, 35% three-point shooter. This year, 42%. Yeah, and six and a half attempts per game, by the way. Um, he's shooting 85% from the line. So I, I did think his shooting was a little overrated, his deep shooting. Same with Embiid. And Embiid's shooting really well this year, too. Yeah, so this is probably uh, an out. I would I would bet that this is more of an outlier for Yeah, I think guys. for both, actually. Yeah. Um, but he's been phenomenal. And I agree. Like, and the team is just like, you know, say what you will about Jamal Murray. I think people expected him to suddenly become like a 25 point a game score just because the last playoffs, but he's just like a perfect fit, right? Like if you're, he's not like a ball dominant point guard, who's going to try to get nine assists a game, but he's, you know, a good shooter. He can score in half court. Like they really complemented each other. Well, and they had such good chemistry and just with like a decent supporting cast. I think you're right. I think they were a threat to win a couple rounds. I don't know about the title. That feels extreme to me. But well, they, uh, before Jamal Murray got hurt, uh, since February 12th, this is from Sam Amick. Uh, Murray was averaging 24 points a game on 50% shooting, 45% from three, and 94 from the line, five assists, four rebounds. But is there any any world where they could beat like a healthy net? I don't know. Unless I, honestly, like Jokic goes like for like 40 and 20 every night. Which we see him do in the playoffs. That guy puts up numbers in the playoffs, right? Like he's he's impressive. But I think that it's tough. Like with with Aaron Gordon and and getting rid of Gary Harris, I, I, I think that was both addition by addition and addition by subtraction because they're not giving tons of minutes to Gary Harris that end up just being like pretty empty. You know, they now have a guy that can guard bigger wings. Will Barton can slide into that, you know, six-man, like, super scorer type thing. And then Michael Porter Jr. gets to play more of the three, and so it's, it's a little bit harder to target him at the four, I think, and he doesn't have to rebound quite as much. And, and I, I really do think the Nuggets fit together really well. And what really, yeah. what really stinks about this injury, right, is not so much this year. Because I, 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 I agree with you in theory, like, sure, they could get hot and maybe they could win the title. But let's say they have like a 2% chance, right? I don't even know if it's that high or that low. But but next year, I, I do feel like you, you now are really in a bad way because like you're, you're going to miss Murray for an entire year, right? And remember, the season's already backed up. So like if we don't see him until April or May next year, maybe we don't see him at all based on the severity of the injury. It's, it's hard to speculate. Well, now you traded for Aaron Gordon and you thought you were going to get two cracks at it and you're probably going to get zero, right? And and that's the part well, I think for Nuggets we'll fans. We'll see. I mean, like, I think the if there's a silver lining, you know, Monte Morris, one of the better backup point guards. In He's league. good. Monte Morris is good. I love that kid. Um Averaging less than a turnover per game. Like, he's like the greatest, like, you know, ball control 
you know, point guard in the league. He is. He's like the equivalent, like Alex Smith, old Alex Smith or something. I don't know. He's just like. That's pretty good. If he was the starting point guard, Alex Smith would make sense because he doesn't like, he doesn't make you way, way better, but he doesn't hurt you. And he can win you some games for sure. And then, and then I thought it was interesting because remember they brought over um, Compazzo or whatever, the international kid, and, and he got some hype. And I'm like, there's no room for this guy. I don't know why it's a big deal, but now there's room. So yeah, if you're going to be like the next JJ Barea in the playoffs, like this is your chance. You're going to play 20 minutes a night. Yeah. What do we think? You know, it, it's, it's interesting because as of the us recording, we haven't seen them play yet. So we don't know what they're going to do with their lineup. You would assume they'll just slot Monty Morris right in there, right? I, like, I would guess. And and Jokic has the ball anyway, so it's not like they need need a point guard. Yeah, the tough part yeah. is the tough part is when you need. I, like I they guess played you, they played some P. J. Dozier last year when Murray was out, and they and probably just like a big defender. They probably will play him again. But he, I guess my question is like, do you think one of the things that was so impressive in the playoffs and it was the bubble? So you know, it's hard. I think everyone talking about like Jamal Murray is going to be like a top fifteen player, like top five scorer. Like obviously that that doesn't seem to be the case. But in the playoffs, he's he's played well and. Uh, my he's question, sort of like he's sort of like a poor man's Kyrie Irving, where it's like they can they're tough shot makers, right? Like yeah, they can score it, against good defenses. And if you're making shots, it's it's really hard to defend, and it's really impressive to watch, right? Like it's like wow, this dude has. I mean, he was making like three sixty layups and stuff. But you're exactly right in your your one point that when defenses scheme to stop Jokic and scheme to stop you know other people, Jamal Murray just being able to like go supernova is something you can't defend, right? Like I think that's the big difference. Donovan Mitchell is really good, but we we really haven't seen as much from Donovan Mitchell when it's like, all right, well, there's nothing else you can do, right? Like, you just have to go get a bucket. Like, haven't seen as much from him as we have from Jamal Murray. And so is Michael Porter Jr. going to be the guy that's ready to step yeah. into that role? And I think and that's maybe. the hard and, part. And, and it, he could. I mean, if you put an extra defender for Murray and then just rely more on Porter. But I, it does feel like it really lowers their ceiling. Like especially in the West, like you think maybe they could have won a couple rounds this year in the first round, they're either going to have to play Utah, Phoenix Clippers. Yeah. Probably the Lakers are going to be the five spots. still. I think so like, is there any of those teams that they could beat now? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think that's the, that's sort of the crux of the beginning of the the, the first half of the show is like, let's talk about the Western conference. And, you know, I think we're pretty, I would originally said it was five deep. I don't think I would, I'm ready to include Portland in that top five, right? And Dallas, while Luca has been playing really, really well lately, like I think Mark Cuban's complaints about the play-in tournament have started to manifest a bit because they're probably maybe. Well, be I in tweeted the that here, like, well, and yeah. and people are complaining about they're linking the injury with this shortened season. I don't think that's totally fair, by the way. Like it's, the people were saying, like this happened on a back-to-back, but like Murray didn't play the back-to-back. Yeah, he didn't out play the for Yeah, and. Can I actually criticize somebody who has not been criticized by the media yet? Um, Mike Malone, you know, I think they're riding a high of making the conference finals last year, and they were slightly disappointing to the start of the year. He's playing Jokic 35 minutes a night. He's, um, you know, brought back Jamal Murray, who'd been out for a week with some sore knee, I think, and then he ends up injuring his other side of his leg. I don't know if it's direct correlation, but... What happens if they held them out another couple of weeks? I don't yeah, know. And uh, and that game was like pretty out of hand too, right? Like they, right. they like there's they a had... sense of urgency with the Nuggets, and maybe it's because the Lakers were hurt. They're like maybe this is our chance to jump on the Lakers, but there's a sense of urgency that they had this year that other teams have not been showing. Yeah, and I think and I think that like this, I think that like this year, 
with Denver, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Sam. Like, I, I thought they had a title upside for sure. Like, I, I, I don't think it would have happened. I still think like Utah is better than them. I, I still think the Lakers with you know AD and LeBron are better than them. I still think the Clippers are really good, and nobody talks about them until it's time hey. to make fun of them late in the year. You know, like I, but, I think, but we won't dwell on it either. But the Clippers now have the number one offense in the league, yeah, which means cr- the number one offense of all time because that's just the way the world is now. Yeah, they're so good, and it's like now I don't, you know, now I don't see that from Denver. And like you're exactly right. Like there's, a, a, I guess the low, the highest they could probably finish, like they're not going to get the three seed, right? So you're probably playing, like you're playing the the Lakers. The best case scenario is the Lakers slip past Portland and then you get Portland in the first round, four or five, maybe that's winnable. I think that would be a competitive series. So as of of our recording, the Nuggets are one and a half up on the Lakers and three up on the Blazers. And so, and there's what, 50, there's 18 games to go. So they're going to be still good. Like this team is good. And I don't know that I think they're better than Dallas, but I still think they're better than like Memphis and San Antonio. And and I don't know if, I don't know how many teams I think are better than new Orleans if Zion's the guy that he's shown himself to be the last month, but like Denver, I just don't, I just don't see how they win a first round series and they certainly can do it. Don't get me wrong, but like they should be a dog in any first round series, right? Like there's nobody they're yeah. going to play that they're going to be ahead of. And I think that, well, I think also, by the way, um, they're not going to play Utah, most likely. No, yeah. Definitely. But I, I think last year people overrated the difference between Denver and Utah. And then we see that in the standings this year. Utah turned out to be actually a little better. Um, I, I don't think Denver's that far away from Utah, even at full strength. And, and Didn't, You um, picked Utah last year, right? Everyone, I picked Denver Utah to win the first six, round. And you picked Utah to beat Denver, and then they blew the 3-1 lead. Yeah. yeah. And, and Con- I think it did that before Conley was out for a couple. You know, he had the pregnancy thing or whatever yeah it's crazy <laughs> child was born yeah it's tough and they were losing and they didn't have bogdanovich so i think if the you know utah i think well you knew bogdanovich there. wasn't you knew right, i did know that there. yeah but you said and i think everybody, everybody i'm telling in- you like you know the results are the results but i think if the clippers played denver 10 times last year clippers would win seven times like i think they're they pre, were the better team pre-bubble maybe pre-bubble maybe, maybe. i don't know and, and it's interesting because like there's all this Doc Rivers stuff about like how he doesn't adjust. And, you know, like the Sixers are going to go in. So the Sixers play, we're recording on Wednesday. The Sixers play the Nets Wednesday night. And so by the time you hear this, we'll know what happens, but it's a big game because it it essentially will decide the tie break between those two teams. And with the amount of time that Giannis is going to miss, we're not sure when he's going to be back. It's like the the Nets and the Nets and the Sixers are going to be the one or two seed. Like that's just kind of how it goes. Right. But nobody's kind of worried about Doc Rivers. Like all Sixers fans are like, Doc Rivers is great. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like we watched him get like roundly outcoached by Mike Malone in a series that. Well, and really you're talking about playoff races. Yeah that, yeah. that one too is just so important because there's going to be fans. Yeah. And there's going to be fans. So that extra home game in Philly is like a big deal. It's Talk about a like, scary ass team. If Brooklyn has had Kevin Durant out for however long he's come back now recently, Harden's now out. And they're still just like cruising along, and they're going to yeah. get the one seed probably. I'm like, that is a juggernaut. Yeah, they're. I mean, the, the top three in the East are really good, like as good as any of the top th- of the top five in the West, top six. I know there are people that do think Portland is definitely part of it, but would you say, given that we're talking about the Western Conference and we're talking about kind of how yes. it hurts Denver, so we haven't seen LeBron or Anthony Davis in a month, right? Anthony Davis not since like February Valentine's Day, I think, was the last time he played, but. 
they're supposedly on on the way back, like about three weeks, they're supposed to get them both back. And I'm, I'm certain that the Lakers staff, they've won five out of their last eight. They crushed the Nets at home uh, yeah. over the weekend, which was a big win. So they, they've treaded enough water that they're going to probably be the four seed, five seed, somewhere in that neighborhood. Maybe they can get hot late, but it seems pretty clearly that, like Blakers training staff is like, all right, whatever. We're going to let these two guys come back together pretty much at the same time and then get ramped up. Do you think like, is there a world that like LeBron and AD are like playing chess and we're all like playing checkers and they're just going to be ready well, to I go think you for the playoffs? Are. I think you are. Cause you still thought Utah was the best team in the West. And I would still say the Lakers are the favorites in the West. Lakers, no, no. Utah is very clearly the best team today in the West. Very clearly. Yeah, Whether or not they're I, the I favorite mean, if I had to win to... the title I, I is different. Yeah. Utah's I think the, the best Lakers... team in the NBA. Utah, it just is what it is. Like we hate Utah, oh, but it, it is what it is. And the Lakers are smart in this sense. Like, Last year they did they did put the pedal to the metal and they, they wanted to get the one seed and, and I think LeBron was chasing MVP a little bit. Um, this year they're kind of taking their foot off the gas and they have like the personnel to do that a little bit, you know, like yeah. Drummond is can be a go to guy, you know, enough, you know, day to day. You know, same with Kuzma, like once in a while he'll get you thirty. Schroeder, same thing. It's like they, they have enough guys to fill in that they they can take a month off. Like if this team had LeBron take a month off last year. I think they would have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. So do you think you're just, I'm trying to set this up for you, but like you're just chomping at the bit to take the Clippers, right? Like you just really. No, I, I, I would say the Lakers and the Clippers are the two favorites in the West. I mean, maybe I'm being stubborn, but I think those are the most talented teams, top heavy teams. And that's what matters to me in the playoffs more. What would you need to see from Phoenix to take them seriously? <sighs> I think they'll give people a fight. They're good, man. They're good, but I just don't think they scare people. It's really tough, right, too, when it's somebody like Devin Booker who we haven't seen in this mode yet. And and Devin Booker's awesome. Like, we've talked about this before, but Chris Paul is pretty clearly their most important player. He's 35 years old, and I just am, I'm, I'm very curious about what we'll see from Devin Booker when, you know, it, it's really easy when teams don't scheme to stop you, right? Like, it's really, really yeah. easy. And the one thing about Jokic that's been so impressive is it feels like teams scheme to stop him. And he still is just this like pudgy white dude who just averaged 30 and 15 in the playoffs every year. And that's where I really worry about that with Phoenix because Chris Paul can definitely get guys shots, but like Devin Booker has to be, you know, a 25 plus point per game guy. And it's hard for me to imagine that he's going to be that guy right away in the playoffs. Right. I mean, well, I, I could see it in like the sort of Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell one series where they just catch fire. But those guys have all see, been like, kind of in the playoffs before too, right? Like that's, it's, it's another thing to see it from a guy right away. And I get that he's been in the league for what feels like forever, but he's only 24. But like, we've seen Jamal, I mean, remember Jamal Murray in that like three overtime game a couple of years ago, like he was great. And I think that, well, well, tell me if you disagree with this, like Chris Paul is the kind of superstar who's like, or star, whatever you want to call him, who's going to give you like an eight out of 10 every night. Much and I don't know if he can get up, crank it up to like a nine or 10. Like he's not going to dominate a game in the same way that, you know, James Harden can put up like 40 and 15 or whatever. Like it's just, he's not an overwhelming physical talent in that way. No, he was pretty, it was weird, right? Cause like he was so good with Oklahoma city last year. And then in the playoffs, he was also very, very good. And then in the very end of game seven against Houston, like he just didn't have it. And I'm not saying that I think that's the case for this year, but like, I don't even think he doesn't have it. It's just, he doesn't have like, you know, the spinal tap. Can he crank it to 11? Like, 
even at his prime, I mean, he didn't have great teams, but he's oh, never he been in the finals. Right, and he's he, never been able to do it. You know, he, he's always been really good. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. not, this is not a Chris Paul like, bash fest, but like, he's going to need a guy for sure to be able to make shots down the stretch with him, right? That's a big thing. Like, he needed that. He needed Shea Gilgis Alexander. He needed Dennis Schroeder last year, and it just what they didn't have quite enough. And so this Phoenix team is really good, man. Like, they've got they've got a true 1A superstar, I think, in Devin Booker. They've got a, a you know, say what you will about DeAndre Ayton, but he's very good. He's averaging 15 and 11. He shoots the ball well. Mikel Bridges is a great player. Jay Crowder's really, really good. For some reason, we, we kind of wrote the checks on yeah. Jay Crowder. It's great, it's great awesome. supporting cast. Like, talk about a like, really well-constructed team. But the problem is, like, you got to pay Chris Ball $45 million next year, right? So let's say you go into the first round, and let's say you play – they're the three seed right now. Let's say you play Portland, Right. And that's a plucky team at full strength if they're ever at full strength. But like, let's say Dame just like beats the crap out of Chris Paul and like Devin Booker doesn't have a good series. Are you picking up that $45 million option if you get beat in the first round by Portland? I, and that's that's where I think the Western Conference playoffs are so interesting. And it, it kind of sucks if you're a GM because it's like Phoenix, like they've built, I don't want to say perfect team, but built pretty much as well as you can in terms of fit. And same with Denver, prior injury, I would say. And Utah, I definitely think that's the case. And then in the playoffs, like, you lose because you don't have, like, Kevin Durant and James Harden. You know, it's like this, like, wonky roster that has, like, two superstars. Should we stop doing podcasts because you figured out the NBA? Because at the end end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you are. There's not going to be any 2004 Pistons anymore. Um. Yeah, well, and and the, the Pistons are the perfect example of that, right? You want, like, the five... B plus players that add up to an A. That's like the beauty of basketball in a way. But it's hard. It's really hard to get to that point, right? Like, <laughs> it's just really, and that shows you how underpaid, like, like prime LeBron James is. It's like, I mean, even LeBron James now, right? Like, it's like a trump card, right? It's just like it doesn't matter what you have. I just beat you because I have this one thing. Yeah, it's it's really and it weird. sucks for the Lakers and Cavs because it's like they didn't do anything to deserve it, really. Um, especially with Cavs, like they got lucky in the lottery. Lakers. He just wanted to be in LA and make Space Jam, so therefore they're a title contender. Oh man, I was gone last week, so we didn't talk about the Space Jam trailer. Haven't you yeah, ever seen good. it? I, I love the memes that were like MJ just took a bunch of like Looney Tunes and and beat the Monstars, but now LeBron's got to take like all these crazy characters from the universe, like the Iron Giant, to come <laughs> and join his team. It's so on brand. It looks cool. I'll, I'll definitely see it for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like I hate it in the sense that it's like corporate, you know. So like everyone's like, you know, IP studios, this is our little fiefdom of old, you know, characters we could trot out again and again and milk everything from them. But it did look like amusing, right? Are you not going to, you don't think there'll be like a Zack Snyder cut of Space Jam? Oh, that, I could rant about that Snyder cut at the end. <laughs> Save that for the end of the show. But but it is, it is, it is interesting when you say that, because like, that is why I think people are worried about, you know, like why you would root against or, or not necessarily why you would root against them, but why you would assume that like Milwaukee and Philly shouldn't be the favorites in the East. Right. Cause we've watched Giannis fail two years in a row and it's right. unfair to say that, but he did, he asked. Right. And then we don't know what you're going to get out of Joel Embiid, but it, it, it's awful hard to watch a big, like, and expect him to carry his team through a month and a half of, of seven game series. But, like, we know Kevin Durant's done it. We know Kyrie Irving can do it. We we don't know that James Harden can do it, but we assume with those guys that he will be able to do it, right? And so... Right, and, and we've seen, like, the, those points, like LeBron on early Cleveland teams or Durant on, you know, Oklahoma or Giannis. Like, one guy's not going to win you the title every time, but, like, it basically gets you in the conversation every time. 
And so are you just, are you ready to just say that it's, it's the two LA teams in Brooklyn? Or is that like, no, where you're at I, right I think, now? well, I would, I would take them against the field. Certainly. Well, yeah. Um, there's only eight teams really that can win it. And you're, you're saying you get three out of eight of them and you get like, <laughs> you get Kawhi, KD and LeBron. Like I'm not, and like, I don't, I don't love that. I wouldn't take that bet against you. I would take, I look, can I give you odds right now? Just totally off the top of my head. I don't know how this aligns with Bovada. I think Brooklyn has about like a 30% chance. Lakers, 25% chance. 30% chance of what? To win the title? You think yeah. that's a, wow, that's really high. Lakers, 25%. Clippers, maybe 15%. And then everyone else, whatever's left, like that 20% left. I, I, I think, think I think it's those, that's the order. I think the I Clippers think, are like flat out terrifying. I don't know why they traded for Rondo. We talked about this before. But, like, if that works and, like, we see playoff Rondo again and they now have, like, an actual point guard who can run stuff with an end defend and, like, make an open three, like, I, they're really good. Like, Kawhi is, Well, like, I think, you know, we mentioned this on our MTV Challenge show. I, I want to almost formalize this because we talked about which of the teams on the MTV Challenge are real contenders. And I've alluded to this before. Like, I think contender needs to be a formal term. And to me, it's if you have at least a 10% chance of winning and, you know, miracles can happen or whatever, but in terms of the way we talk about a contender, how many teams do you think hit that 10% threshold? To me, it's only those three. No, no, I don't agree with that. And I think Milwaukee is close. Milwaukee, I think is there. Philly, I think is pretty close. And I, I I just don't, I think it'll be great. The episode we record after Utah gets eliminated and you can just come on with a big, like shit eating grin on your face about how you're right. But it, it, it seems insane to me to say that Utah doesn't have a 10% chance to win. Well, the title. I'll give you the odds. According to Bovada, Brooklyn plus two twenty, So that's like, you know, wow, one that's, of the three so, that's so low. Pl- I'm not Lakers saying plus, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just, it's just very low. <laughs> a Lakers plus three fifty. Um, Clippers plus 550. So basically what I was saying, and then um, they have all the next three sort of around 10% chance. So Utah plus 800, yeah. Milwaukee plus 1,000, Philly plus 1,200. Are we going to blow money on Milwaukee and the Clippers? Because those odds are good, man. They've been low all year. Like Milwaukee, especially like Milwaukee to make the finals and just hope for like a Durant injury or something. I guess, I guess at this point in time, given what we've seen from the Nets and and I I don't think their rosters fit together well. Like I just think they should not have signed Lamarcus Aldridge. I, I think it's bad. I, I think Blake Griffin I think was playing a little possum in Detroit. There's there's definitely some athleticism left there that uh, you know we didn't see before. But I just don't. Those three dudes are so good and they fit so well together. I just think they'll be able to get stops because like the game slows down and like you just have three guys that can score whenever you need a bucket. And it's like, we've not seen this before from an NBA team, just, just in terms of like the versatility of being able to score. Right. Like obviously the Warriors with like Curry and Durant and Thompson, like they, they had dudes that could score, but you've got three guys that you can just throw it to and just basically take everyone else off the floor and you're going to get a good shot. And it's like, then and then on top of that, you got Joe Harris who shoots eight hundred percent from three, and it's like, what do you, what do you do, right? I, I just I, I don't feel like we're giving enough credit to the fact that defense is ultimately what what decides. I think in the playoffs, like how you defend teams is ultimately how you match up with them, and 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 how you you stop them is like you know the biggest thing. And so that's why Rudy Gobert is in Utah have not been great because they haven't been able to change their defensive game plan to be able to stop teams based on what they do in the regular season. 
But I just don't see any team. Maybe the Clippers can do it. Like maybe the Clippers can do it because they have George and Kawhi. But like, yeah, what I, other I, team? I really think they can too. What other team can actually match up with Brooklyn? Because like when I watch Brooklyn, and I've seen only a few games where they've had all three, but I've seen a lot of games where they've had two out of three. Even just Kyrie and Harden just get open shots for guys like one possession after another. It's insane. There's, well, I think I'm, the Lakers' hope is by bringing in Drummond. It's almost like a game of chicken where it's like we're going to play Drummond and Davis and LeBron and try to pound you inside and make you change the way you want to play. I would enjoy watching that, I think, just because it'd be fun to see which team blinks first. Yeah, and, and Brooklyn shouldn't, you know. Just They're be not, like, they okay, won't. post up Drummond if you want, but – I don't know. I mean, you, you teams in the playoffs, they get that sort of like knot in their stomach and you know how masses get gonna, tight and they go back to like playoff basketball. Do you know how mad I'm going to be if like we see Brooklyn in the finals and like game three, LaMarcus Aldridge takes like 14 shots. Right. It'll be like, Aldridge and Jeff Green and just like this I'm fine. Lineup. I'm cool with I'm cool with Jeff Green. Like as long as he's DeAndre five, and LaMarcus Aldridge on the court at the same time. Like we had somebody to stop Anthony Davis. It's just I, I I think the Clippers are the best. I, I, I'll take this back. I think Utah and Phoenix are built in great ways to win a championship. I just don't think either team has the star power to be considered a favorite over the Clippers. I've talked a lot about what I think of the Lakers roster construction. And at a certain point, like analytics are what they are. But if you have LeBron, it just doesn't seem to matter what the rest of your roster is. Like you're going to be there, you know? But like the Clippers have done so well in terms of like building a super modern roster, both on offense and defense. And and the only issue I see is that with, you know, before they got Rondo and not that Rondo has been good in LA, he's, he certainly has been, he's been like fine. You know what I mean? But like when you have the ball in Kawhi's hands a ton, there's a tendency for the offense to get a bit stagnant and for your shot distribution to not be what you'd want it to be with a team with like, you know, Paul George and Batum and Morris and Ibaka and like guys that can make Kennard guys that can make shots. And so my biggest concern with the Clippers is if they get in a game with the Nets, do they just try to slow it down? And all of a sudden, like, we're just watching Harden pick them apart and, you know, they score 140 points and the Clippers can only cap out at like 125, you know, that's, that's kind of where I feel like I am with the Clippers right now is that I need to see it. I need to see that their offense with Kawhi is not going to turn into some sort of like slow down mid range, like elbow post fest, you know? And yeah. I think if I do see that, then I don't know. I, Ty Lue's good. I, I will say that. And I think that they finally are listening, I guess. So I would I have loved to see. It's too bad. I don't want conference realignment or anything like that, but it would be fun to watch Doc versus the Clippers in like round two or something. Just to it could, see I that mean, chess those, those teams could both make the finals. I, I, Philly, Philly and, and Brooklyn is going to be, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame if they get, you know, because they're going to be one, two. We well, can not, I ask you this? We may give not me, get to see it. And but. you can't repeat, okay? Can't repeat teams. Give me your top three Adam Silver Dream finals matchups. I think one oh, has okay. to Brooklyn be Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the Lakers, Lakers is number so. one. That's very clearly number one. So who's second then? Is it Clippers? Clippers, Philly? No, I think... Oh, it's weird. Gian, Giannis is a bigger star for the league, right? Like... I don't know. I honestly, I don't. Wow, this is weird. I guess you want to take the media markets, right? Like, so I guess you have to have the Clippers, right? Because they they don't have a lot of fans. You've told me this a million times. Nobody's a Clippers fan, but it is still LA. I guess you want Giannis, right? 
Giannis is big, but is that is Truthfully, that like an interesting matchup? I guess. Let me ask you a question: Is it insane to say that like? The what about Milwaukee, two, Dallas? I was going to say Milwaukee, Dallas, or Milwaukee, New Orleans is probably yeah. the better matchup, <laughs> or or Philly in those two teams. Like, well, because you could just sell that. Like Philly Clippers, you could sell. Yeah, Philly based on like the storyline, and Milwaukee is like young star Giannis versus young star Luca versus Zion, of course. Yeah, I guess Philly. I guess Philly and the Clippers is the second best match, and also and then, the other team it, like Golden State. Obviously, is not going to make it, but they would be marketable based on so, Curry. Well, let, let's let's move to that. That's a good transition. Let's let's talk about like the meat of the West, I guess. So I, I wanted to bring this up because Mark Cuban had his comments about how that you know he doesn't think the play-in tournament should happen this year, and this was after. You know, Cuban voted for the play-in tournament, passed unanimously before the season. And I want to say, like, his actual quotes, he said, uh, I get why the NBA is doing it, but if we're going to be creative because of COVID, we should go straight up 1-20 to and let the bottom four play in. This is the year to do it since 10 games cut from the 82-game schedule were in conference. The worst part of this approach is that it doubles the stress of the compressed schedule rather than playing for a playoff spot and being able to rest players as the standings become clearer. Teams have to approach every game as a playoff game to get into or stay in the top six since the consequences are enormous. Yeah, that's sort of the point, Cuban. I mean, <laughs> so that, of a regular season, the game right. shouldn't matter. So, so that's um, why they did it, right? Because really, realistically, and John Hollinger said this in an article the other day, like the back half of the NBA season largely sucks until the playoffs because teams that are out of it are playing young guys and teams that are in it are basically resting guys to try to make sure they're ready for the playoffs if you're a contender, right? So what they wanted to do was make sure that those middle of the road, like, seven through 10 teams, seven through 11 teams had to play guys, right? Cause you don't want to see Zion sitting out games in the bubble, right? Like what happened last year. Right. And, but and it's, it's it really bothered me. I tweeted about it. Even this sort of like, you know, backseat driving. Oh, Jamal Murray got hurt. Well, the, you know, the schedule was bad, you know, like analysis after the fact and for Cuban to like rant about the playing tournament now that Dallas is kind of a disappointing, underwhelming seventh seed and in danger of falling out of the playoff picture. Um, well, feels they're not very they're, self-serving. They're, I mean, out of the playoffs, if they they could lose two games in a row and, and miss the playoffs, right? That's what that's your point. Like they're right. falling out of the play-in tournament is what you're saying. Like they're going right. to lose in the play-in tournament, but they're going to they could make- lose in the play-in. They're not securely in the playoffs yet. And I right, think they're two games back of Portland, I believe. Right, they're twenty nine and twenty four, and they're playing better. They're a game and a half back of Portland. Yeah, and it's just it's just annoying to me. Like, and you know, I kind of we kind of get you know there was this debate like, is Dallas going to take another giant leap up and be a top four team, and Luca's going to be MVP? Hasn't happened. They've kind of been the same as they were last year. You, yeah, they have really, and he's been quite good of late. He's I been mean, he's, good, he's, but he's, he's been awesome. pretty much like, the he's, same. He is who he is. Yeah, yeah. The problem's and, been that like Porzingis just hasn't been, you know, for yeah. whatever reason you would think that him and Porzingis would work together. And we've talked about this before. They occupy a lot of the same space on the floor. Like it, it is what it is, but like Porzingis just hasn't been the guy that they want him to be. And, 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 I, and also and, I think losing, you know, shooting wise going from Seth, Seth to Josh, to Josh Richardson, I think it's hurt. Their offense has really fallen. It's really interesting though. Cause there are, I think the Dallas would tell you that they're okay with that deal. I think the bigger problem has been that like Tim Hardaway has not been the same guy. Right. And like, I don't know. That's what they'd say, I think, but I, I think you're probably right. But Dallas was scary last year, right? Because they were sort of the unknown, and they were playing the Clippers, and they gave them a tough fight. And now I feel like te- people are just kind of forgetting about them, right? Because it's like Jokic is soaked up. Like, is Luka going to be top five in MVP this year? I don't think so. 
I think it'll be close. I think he'll finish right in that neighborhood. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll finish sixth, but I mean, how many people like, like as of right now and we on don't basketball know, reference, he's ranked 10th on the right. Track. We don't know, but we also don't know how like the media is going to vote. Right. Cause I would be very surprised. I think James Harden is second on basketball references, MVP tracker. And I don't think he's going to finish second. Right. It's like, right. Jokic, like, Harden, LeBron's missed time, but it's like Jokic, Harden and Giannis should be the yeah, top three. How can and you Kawhi's for, played really well. How can you vote for, how can you vote for LeBron and not vote for Embiid, right? Like, you, you can't do that. I don't and, think. Yeah, their basketball tracker is a little messed up. But Luca, I don't think there's any chance he's going to make first team All-NBA, which yeah, he did true. last year, right? He did. So, I mean, it, it, it's crazy, too, because he's at, like, 28 and a half, 8 and a half, and 8 on, you know, 48, 36. Like, he's made more threes. It's, it's, it's just weird. And I think that I want to talk about the Mark Cuban thing just because – I think the playing tournament is a good idea. I really do. I thought it was a good idea at the time. I think it's fun. I think being innovative is important for a league like the NBA because it's there's just so much malaise, right? In every sport, with the exception of the NFL, like week to week, day to day, it just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So getting it to matter a little bit early is is cool, right? And tournaments, this has always been probably the number one thing you've ever said in, in any conversation that we have is that people love tournaments, right? That's your thing. And so, like, yeah. I understand Cuban saying, like, you know what, and looking at it now, I think we made a mistake. But, like, I think you also need to qualify that and say, like, look, I think it's a mistake this year, but I don't think it's a mistake in the future. Like, I think you can say both things. And he's just intentionally not doing that because – I don't think he expected to be in seventh place. Like, I think he thought that they were better yeah. than Portland. I think he probably thought they were on that same level as like Phoenix and, you know, Utah. I whatever. think Phoenix has surprised everybody by being this good. Cause they were talked about it being like going for seventh or eighth. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think again, I, I think Dallas is in a little bit of a, a different sort of situation because everyone just assumes like, all right, you have Luca. And that's like, I mean, we haven't heard anyone be like, you have Luca. He's, it's basically like, 15 years ago when people were like, all right, you have LeBron, like you'll be fine. Right. But like, he's not at that level. No, not yet. Not yet. At least. I mean, from, well, a, and it's like a, you look at the numbers and you might think so, but it's just like the curve of this era. It's like, you have to be, oh, you know, I mean, like Zion shoots like 16 out of 21 night. And it's like, not even a story, you know, it's interesting. I do think there's a legitimate argument right now today. If you'd rather have Luca or Zion, I, I think that's a good argument. Like, I don't Zion shooting sixty two percent. Like, I probably would say Luca just because of like the creation, but they're both not great defensively. Like, they're okay, right? But if we're if we're expecting like Zion to become like a six to eight assist a game guy in his prime, like my God, like that's insane. He's he's just like yeah, Zion true shooting better than Jokic right now, sixty six percent. I mean, it's just he's gonna make. I don't know that he's going to make second team all NBA, but he has a real argument to make second team all NBA. Like, I don't know that there's been 10 guys better on a night to night basis than Zion. Like, he's and you said, I think you said this off the mic, but like, if he gets a little better defensively and the team gets a little better as they should, like he could win multiple. Well, we, we talked about this last year, how, you know, going into the draft, we, we kind of expected new Orleans, like, all right, you, you get the number one pick. And I, you know, I, we both were very high on Zion saying like, well, now that you've gotten this, like now you're a title contender, right? You, you can realistically see that. And I think, you know, last year, given the injuries and given the way the season was, it's kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know if you can see it anymore. Like there's, it's not a lock that he's going to be like a superstar. And then Sam Van Gundy just kind of like integrated him a little slower. And then they had some injuries. And now all of a sudden Sam Van Gundy's like, all right, point Zion, let's do it. And, and you can see it. And like, 
I'm I'm pretty confident that him and Brandon Ingram are good enough to be a one two on a title team. I'm like pretty confident. You yeah, you gotta I do agree. some other things, but like when I wonder in 20, hindsight, do they I forgot the specifics of their deal. They give them like 160 million. But I'm thinking Ingram. Drew Holiday on that team, like could you they have made the pl- noise in the playoff? This year? Yeah. Because Bledsoe's been not great. He's been not you're basically just waiting for Bledsoe's extension to be done, right? Like that's kind of the bigger problem, is like he he just is useless for them because you it's tough. Like Lonzo's been better, but you have to extend Lonzo now and somebody's probably gonna give that guy eighty million dollars, right? Like because the free agency pool is less. So I but I just think that like And also like JJ Reddick like was just not doing much for them as they thought he was, and then he left. And then he um, left and he left and, and they left angry <laughs> and used this podcast to to destroy David Griffin. I, you probably enjoyed that because you're, you're I not did. A big, yeah, you're not a big fan of. of you're just, well, well I thought it was bratty of JJ to like whine about getting traded, but I do think Griffin David Griffin's a little bit of a wizard behind the you know curtain. He, uh, I do know for a fact this was confirmed to me that JJ Reddick actually recorded his comments twice because in listening back the first time they thought it was probably wouldn't have gone over as well. I thought his comments, I listened to it. I thought the tweet about him was kind of whatever. Like I thought that made it sound much more glib. And I think that the the, the second part, when I actually listened to his comments, I I understood him a little bit more. I do think it's annoying that like when it got reported on, they, they specifically left out the fact that he was honest about the fact that he was naive, that like, he's JJ Redick. He's not LeBron James. So like he expected as a 15 year veteran to get, a little bit more respect and like have David Griffin hold his word. But like, well, and also line, I think he was eyeing that whatever, whether it's Lakers or Brooklyn, like no, man, he's so close to winning a title here. He said he wanted to go everywhere. He, he made comments about the Brooklyn thing, right? Cause right. I like, would oh, figure he's like, I'm it's like looking through the window at like Brooklyn and how much fun they're having and how, right. how and he, he was, and know, he lives very in, good shot at a title. He lives in Brooklyn too. Like this is, this is a common theme with him. Like he lives in Brooklyn. So He's claiming that, like, he even basically said that, like, you know, if David Griffin had traded him to the Knicks, he would have been fine with that. And, or, or like, somewhere where he was a day's, he was like a, a couple hours' drive from his family so he could see his family. And so, Whatever. I thought, that's I annoying. He, that's like the Derek Fisher excuse. The family well, I thought comes when out. he, I thought when he, you know, he was talking about just specifically this year, like with COVID, because his family can't be with him in New Orleans and it's hard for them to see, it's hard for him to see them because, like, then they have to miss school if they come and, like, they're out of quarantine. And, like that stuff all makes sense. And we're both fathers and, and kind of understand that a little bit more now than maybe we would two years ago or something. But like, I do agree. No, I don't like, understand that. Cause I understand like theoretically you want to be near your family, but don't sign a contract then to play a, you well, know, in New Orleans. He had, a two year, he had a two year deal. Like, right. Well, you signed a two year deal. You might be away for two years. What? <laughs> there was no coronavirus then. Like it's just entirely different. I, I'm not, I'm not out here to defend JJ, but I do think like that was a thing with New Orleans is, I was surprised they stumbled out of the gate the way that they did. And now, well, and like the David Griffin thing, it's like he had LeBron. Congratulations. Um, this is and he's really shown. And now you got the number one pick and you got Zion. Congratulations. No one would have done anything different no, there. I, yeah. You're exactly like I, he gets a lot of credit for being able to like tinker behind the scenes, but like realistically, here's what happened. You did everything LeBron said. And then the Warriors had a big gag job after Draymond Green got thrown right. out of a game for kicking LeBron in the nuts. Like, come on now. Like, it's, and, uh, and he, the only thing he's good at is like selling himself to the media. Cause like, <laughs> oh if you God. look at the roster, selling himself you're like, to the ringer specifically. Right. Like if you look at the roster, like this guy doesn't really know how to build a basketball team. Like 
you trade, you know, the number four pick, get down and get Jackson Hayes, and then you bring in Steven Adams on a big contract. It's yeah, it'd like, be interesting if they had drafted DeAndre Hunter, right? If they just kept that pick. That like, would have been a monster. Based, <laughs> based on what we know about DeAndre Hunter now, who's actually like a pretty darn good NBA player, like one of the better players in that draft class. Like Or I, I always think too, I Brandon Ingram's really good, but he is good. What if they played hardball with Anthony Davis and just like Watch Zion play with Zion for a few months. Well, you don't and get then demand a trade. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that was their pick. Yeah, they, they could have had Zion and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I wonder what Anthony Davis would say about that. Like, if you were able to give him that, like Harry Potter, like truth serum, like would you? Like, I don't know. He won I, the title. He's fine. But he's, I just think that, like, I don't know if other people. I've heard JJ Redick talk about playing with Zion because, and Stephen Adams too, and how like absurd it is to watch him do the things that he does because, like big strong veteran NBA players have no idea how to guard him and they just can't guys just get out of his way but like now that we're watching him like he had that like 38 15 and 8 performance the other day and like I just would never have expected that stat line and I don't know why like I think he's I think he's actually like a pretty good creator but it's just like now that they just like let him have the ball and then he just has the left side all to himself like he's unguardable he he looks like Oh, no. the dog is He's mad about this take and that's a good cue to and can i give my justice league rant before we go yeah absolutely hold on i want i want to do one more i want to ask one more thing what do you think about golden state like they're in 10th right now they're in the playing tournament what do you think steph curry i mean steph curry is very clearly great he's gonna make first or second team all nba he's awesome whatever are they good enough to make any noise can they win the playing tournament can he do it himself? I don't think so. And and it's mostly because your boy Draymond. We talked about it with Tal. It's just like he's been pretty good. He can't yeah, I heard, shoot. I heard he's, you guys just like being so rude to Draymond. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Actually, you know what? Maybe now that Weissman's out, they'll just play smaller and they're maybe slightly yeah, more that's, dangerous. That's better because Weissman's out for the year, which yeah. is I could see that. But I don't think they're they're a threat to win the play in tournament. I don't think they're a threat to win more than two games in the first round. Yeah, how about, like, Kelly Uber is, like, talking trash about coming off the bench, like, he's just not okay with it, and it's like, what's wrong with these guys? Like, it's just... I don't understand it, man. I, I don't know. All right, so you have his Justice League rant. I didn't watch and the, the I haven't even seen cut. it either. I haven't seen the Snyder cut either. But this is my problem with Americans. <laughs> like, this, this, this is, is such cool. a PR... Um, BS job that people have just completely fallen hook, line, and sinker for. Can I explain it? So he was fired before, right? Well, they were making the Justice League, and you know the whole DC Superman movies were just getting lame, and um, and he had left, stepped down from the Justice League project. I think his daughter died or committed suicide or whatever. But I don't know if that was his decision or not. It was clear that like DC really wanted at the time to make the movie, which was kind of brooding and somber and more like fun, like Marvel movies. Right. Cause this, and, that was the thing. Like the, the Snyder cut was, is darker, right? It was more Batman. Than right. It's, it's like, it's like you know, bad Chris Nolan impression. Right. And, and so Wait, can you explain to me who Zack Snyder is by the way? Before? Well, he, he's good. I like Zack Snyder, like, I but know he him, does. I know him in the sense of like, he's a, a director, right? I know. Right. Like, he's he's a good, he's, he's a pretty good director. Like he did like, 300 for example oh okay 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 right, yeah right. so and and most of his stuff is sort of like their watchman the movie it's sort of like darker and and more brooding i guess but not like hardcore brooding it's just more like angsty i guess 
Anyway, so bad, bad Chris Nolan is a good impression. Yeah, I mean, and they so they bring in Joss Whedon, who's like known for like banter and fun, and yeah. like you know, let's make this movie fun. It didn't do well, right? Commercially, and so now partially because is, like no movies do well except for like the Avengers. Well, the Marvels right? done a fine job, but yeah, but this did not. Okay, gotcha. this did not. So then, in hindsight, they they, they basically throw Joss Whedon under the bus because he had some you know Me Too issues. And they blame him and they blame DC. It's easy to blame the corporate right. entities, the suits, and think, oh, Zack Snyder had this genius cut in the in his back pocket. And he never got the chance to show it. Totally not true. <laughs> and so then because there's this like online push and people are buying this BS, like let's give him some money to show the real Snyder cut. And there's no Snyder cut. Isn't so it like an shoot, hour longer? Right. So they reshoot a bunch of stuff. Oh, they stuff. did. So they did reshoot stuff. They did reshoot it. They ended up releasing it as this four hour thing on, on HBO. HBO Max. Yeah. And people are like, it's so much better. It's, it shows you Snyder cut. DC robbed us of this. They did not rob you of this cut. This cut was never coming to the theater. This is something that happened way after the fact. They weren't going to release a four hour freaking movie. <laughs> Yeah. This is something that, that they saw the response to and any movie in the world, I don't care if it's the worst movie or the best movie. If you had the chance to screen the movie, have the audience respond to the movie, gauge the reaction to the movie, and then go back and reshoot it and re-release it, It'll, you'll be you're going to make it better. Yeah. You're going to re- address some of the problems that fans had with it. So I, there's nothing about this that's genuine. I think, I think it's just completely like, that they found like this sort of like fake internet hype and fan the flames of it. And then fans are like, Oh my God, they totally fell for this. And I've never seen the movie. Maybe it's really good. I don't know. But I think a lot of movies that were bad could be good if they had a second chance at doing it. Sure. It's interesting. That's too, not the way like, it works. The length of movies is like a big deal, right? Like you, the, people don't want to go sit in a, first of all, most people aren't going to sit in a theater anyway. Some people are, I guess, but like, I don't want to go sit and watch a four-hour movie. Like, I thought Avengers Endgame was, like, pushing right up against, like, right. my time limit for a movie that's not, like, the greatest movie I've ever seen. But it is interesting because, like, I think in our culture now, and this is this actually ties into the NBA. Normally, we don't tie our rants in. But, like, like you said, like, the, the culture of, like, well, we know this is going to be good and you can build it up and you can market it. And it's like, well, then people are just going to say it's good anyway without really having seen it. They're going to see, like, a couple clips and be like, this is fine. But, like... Nobody like nobody sits and watches full NBA games. Do pe- do we expect these same people on social media who go crazy about the Snyder Cut to really have sat down and and watched this thing four hours straight and been like, oh, it's so much different? Like, I I doubt that happened. Sam. Well, and it's sort of like it's sports is maybe a good example. It's like you know Aaron Rodgers. People blame them for kicking a field goal instead of going for it. What if? After the fact, they're like, hey, let's redo that, guys. And now we're going to go yeah, for gonna, it. We're going to go for it this time because yeah. it didn't work. I mean, the field goal, that was an insane decision. I also thought it was ridiculous that the guy in Jeopardy thought like he was funny and like added that in the final. Has Rogers been good as a Jeopardy host? Did you I've watch? heard he's good. I've only I've seen heard he's, clips. Yeah, I've heard he's good too. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers. Talk he's about not going to get the job. Talk That's about funny. an unlikable guy. Oh, I mean, man. Shots he, fired. But now he's married to Shailene Woodley, which I don't understand that either. I don't I don't get it. I don't know how these Hollywood couples like. What, what don't you understand about it? How do they materialize? I heard Jodie Foster introduced them. Like, where, where are Jodie Foster, Aaron Rodgers, and Shailene Woodley hanging out? That's what I want to know. And I want maybe I want to go and hang out. Well, Shailene Woodley is one of those people who like, people think she's like 16, but she's like 30 she's or something. She's old, yeah. Well, not, I mean, she's not old, she- but. <laughs> No, no, you you know what I mean. You know what I mean. She's not old, but she's like it's she's just, an adult. She's twenty eight. She has twenty nine. Like, she's looked exactly the same since like 
was she in Fault in the Stars or something? Yeah. Like, that was like her first movie. All right, we're way off the reservation. So, <laughs> so you're saying uh, women are, Seth Curry's washed up, women are washed up at 29? Is that I don't think Seth Curry's not washed up. Seth Curry's okay. awesome. He's, if, if I asked you right now to give me Steph Curry's points, assists, and rebounds and his shooting numbers without looking them up, what would I think you I've say? seen it recently, but it's like 26 points. So no, like, 30 points. Wow. Yeah, he's averaging he's averaging 36 and five and a half on 48 and a half, 41 and a half, uh, 92. I mean, the guy's outstanding. Yeah. I, I do think there is some interest and we can speculate wildly in conspiracy theories in, in a later podcast, but like, does he want to like, you, you, you have like the Lakers take, like he's going to go play with LeBron. I don't think that, but I wonder if he's like, I'll go play with LaMelo in Charlotte and like force. It's, a yeah, I don't know. They're too, I, I don't see that, but we could see that more. So we'll be back next week. Any other things you want off your chest? You've been gone for two weeks. No, I, I the space jam thing was like the biggest one. I want, what I want to do is I want to watch space jam together, take notes about it and just do an entire podcast on space jam. That's I'm excited. The, about the LeBron one. I also think too, I mean, I just, I just have so much respect for LeBron, but I also think that like the juice that he has of being like, you can just be out for all this period of time and Anthony Davis the same way. And we still think your guys are title contenders. Like, I just don't, I personally am having a hard time with that because I just don't like the way this Lakers team is constructed. And I, I, I'm just I have really, no problem with that. I have a problem with like, if you're Anthony Davis and you take 50 games off, like I, I just can't consider you a top five player anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, which is crazy because last year he just was that, you know what I mean? Like he was that guy. And I don't know. It's it's weird. Like the Lakers are good. We'll see what happens. So well, it's sort of like a point about that. I saw on Reddit somebody saying, what makes Dame Lillard any better than Kyrie Irving? He plays like every he night. plays, <laughs> you know, twice as often. Uh, it, That's it's important. It's, it's really funny because like, and this will be the last point I make before I sign us off. But I, I think that, the two of us, me, me in particular, you're on the West coast. So you, you do see Portland a lot more, but I like very much underestimate Dame Lillard. Like he, he is like every bit. I, I don't think he's as good as James Harden. I don't personally think he's that good, but I think he's close, right? Like I think he's in that conversation, but like in terms of like second best point guard, like I, I think peak Steph Curry's better, but like we haven't seen peak Steph Curry. We've seen him this year, but he still hasn't played 50 games. Like, Dame plays every night and just puts up absurd numbers. And like, and he should be in the top 10, I think, for MVP. Absolutely. Right? It's ridiculous yeah. how good he is. And I, I just never include him, really. He's always like an afterthought. It's always like we're talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm pontificating. I'm like, oh, yeah, Dame Lillard. Like, he, he deserves it. You know him. what it is? It's like, and, and that's, I think, the Mavs fear with Luka. It's like, once you're like locked in at a certain level and nothing changes, then yeah. you become forgotten. And so and Lillard's been doing, about the same for a while. And, he, and here's the thing. If somebody's doing what you do, better than you like if you're right. Steph Curry or James Harden and they're they're different players but whatever but like and then you're Luca but you also have LeBron and like that's the guy that like that's the next step for you well and it's sort of like well the you know it's not just voter fatigue it's storyline fatigue like no one's talking about Giannis anymore yeah, Giannis um, is no awesome. one's talking about Kawhi Leonard who's had we didn't even talk about year. how Giannis is like injured and we don't know when he's coming back the best <laughs> Antetokounmpo brother in the last two weeks has been Thanasis he's been actually playing real minutes you know and it's like we don't know what's going to happen. Like Giannis could just be out for a lot longer. Also, Drew Holiday, big time extension. So we expected that to get done. But four that, years, yeah, pretty pretty gaudy. There, four years, one hundred and sixty um, million. All right, he is Zan underscore Ellison on Reddit, and uh, we signed you to an Twitter. extension. Four more yeah. weeks at least. We're paying four, you too much. Four more weeks, one hundred and sixty cents. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> overpay. <laughs> email the show, Zandrigellison at gmail.com. 
MTV Challenge accepted. Uh, a couple out. episodes left. Right. We're Season, heading into the final. Seasons seasons absurdly long. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it, but uh, we will be back next week. And Zan, it's good to be back. As always, it's a pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 